Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. It's a family affair this week on Mox on the Mic. Chad Copeland was one of the best shooters in Chattanooga basketball history, and he was a part of two great Southern Conference winning basketball teams. We'll visit with Chad along with his nephew, current Mox quarterback, Cole Copeland. We'll get to a conversation with both of those guys coming up here in just a minute. But first, we want to make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review to Mox on the Mic. That will get it downloaded right to your device every single week. We visit with current and former Mox players, coaches. We do it every week, and we're available on all the major platforms. If you're on Apple Podcast, we certainly appreciate your five-star ratings and your reviews. While you're at it, be sure to check out the brand new GoMox app. It's presented by First Bank. The GoMox app provides users with live stats, game day information, ticket purchasing, and exclusive Mox content, and it's all in one place. It also includes push notifications, so fans are always the first to know. Score updates, breaking news, and promotional offers. The GoMox app is available now for both Apple and Android devices. All you have to do is search Chattanooga Mox Athletics in the App Store or Google Play, and you can download it today. So let's get to it, and let's welcome in Chad Copeland to Mox on the Mic. Let's see. Career record for free throws in a season with 206. Career free throw percentage leader at UTC at 89%. Third best scoring season in school history with 604 points back in the 93-94 season. Averaged 20 points per game that year, by the way. Over 17 points per game in his career, and he once made 43 consecutive free throws. Is that uh, – did I miss anything, Chad? Uh, that sounds like somebody else to me. Now, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sounds right. How did you end up a mock? Tell us the story. How, how did you end up at UTC? Well, basically, uh, I signed with Florida State out of high school, uh, went down there, played two years, um, had, you know, decent success. My second year, uh, towards the end of the year, Charlie Ward had came on as a walk-on from the football team, did pretty good towards the end of the year, and then Coach Kennedy signed Sam Cassell and Bob Sura. So I kind of saw the writing on the wall that, you know, they had recruited some guards that were obviously some talented individuals all three played in the NBA for over 10 years so I kind of saw the writing on the wall I still wanted to play and I knew playing time was probably going to be a lot less with those three coming in so that's when I decided to transfer to uh, to UTC yeah you were a junior when you got to UTC was there a point that year when you knew I've made the right decision this is this is where I need to be yeah oh yeah absolutely well the start of the year, I, I broke my foot in the beginning of this right before season opened my junior year. So I missed half the half the junior year with a broken foot. Um, but ju- yeah, just transferring, you know, back home, close to home, UTC. I grew up, you know, watching those guys with Willie White and Gerald Wilkins and, you know, all the great players. Um, so, you know, it was just it was just really good coming home. All my family's from here. So, you know, it's kind of special just being back home with them. You know, uh, Mac McCarthy's written a book. Have you read it yet? I have not yet. Uh, I actually was trying to order it the other day. I called Brandon Bourne about it and he sent me the link to order it. So I was going to order the book and, uh, and take a look at it. It's funny. You mentioned Brandon Bourne. I was going to ask because Copeland and Bourne, Bourne and Copeland, I think you guys are forever linked in the minds of, of Chattanooga fans. Um, 
what was your, clearly you guys are still in touch to this day, but talk a little bit about the basketball relationship on the floor that you guys had. Oh, it, it was, it was awesome. We just, um, you know, all our players, um, you know, Ed Snead, Damon Woods, you know, all the, all the guys, Tim Brooks, obviously a talented guard that played with us, uh, Bart Redden. We had, we had very good teams during that time. Um, but we, we all jailed, you know, kind of often on the court. So it was, uh, good relationships to this day, you know, we're all still, you know, still good friends. We don't see each other as much, obviously, uh, with different lives and living in different cities, but, um, me and Brandon, we stay in touch a little bit more just cause we're both in Chattanooga. I actually, uh, we're both coaching an AAU team with our, both our sons are on the team. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> Who do you dislike more ETSU or Marshall? Well, probably a little bit more ETSU for me. I Marshall, the, I guess the competitive days were the, the couple of years before I got there. I think they won the Southern Conference a couple of years. They had some really talented teams. So I never got into that Marshall, uh, you know, big uh, competition like, like they did before I got there. But ETSU was kind of the team that, that we battled. Um, and, and Davison. Davison was a very good team and, yep. and continues to be talented today. So Those were the two teams that you guys beat to go to the NCAA tournaments both years that you were here. Take us back a little bit. What do you remember about that championship game against e- ETSU? Because that was a good East team that year. The ETSU was a yeah, very good team. Um, I, what I remember most about it is, I mean, honestly, I broke my foot in the semifinals again. I refractured the same foot in the semifinals. So playing in the finals was even going to be a question mark. Um, Dr. Trundle ended up giving me a uh, cortisone shot in the foot so I could play um, in order to be able to, to even go because I was, you know, a, fr- a fractured, basically a fractured uh, fifth metatarsal. Um, but just, a, you know, it was just a battle in that game. We ended up coming up on top, um, but we battled, you know, all year. We didn't – I think we lost at third place and won at our place. Um, but they had some talented individuals, and and uh, I just remember a lot of pain, to be honest with you, because halfway through the game, I, the, the medicine wore off and my foot was killing me. <laughs> You guys got Wake Forest in the NCAA tournament in Nashville that year. Anything stand out about going up against Wake Forest? Uh, just, I mean, just the talented players they had uh, with uh, Rodney Rogers and Childress, and and just you know they were just they, they were a very good team. We we were very competitive. I didn't get to practice any the two weeks before because I was stuck on the fractured foot. Ended up doing the same thing with the cortisone shot to try to play, but I, I was zero zero effectiveness in that game just because you know i had been off my feet for two weeks trying to you know then go play a game full speed so but we battled and and kept it close and you know probably had some chances to to maybe come up on top but just didn't work out you know we talked about and you mentioned the relationship that you still have with your teammates to this day was there a little competition between you guys because that was a a really good group a lot of guys not just not just you and Brandon, but there were a lot of guys on that team that could shoot. Um, was there a little competition between you guys? Oh yeah, yeah. The practices were fun because you had some you had some guys that could you know that were there were good solid players and and everybody bat- we battled every day either shooting competitions or you know playing one on one or just matching up you know just trying to beat the man on that's against you and it's just it was a battle every day in practice. Uh, but like I said, there was no we always had, you know, good relationships and, 
and we're always, you know, friends off the court as well as on the court. So it, it was never, never an issue other than just good fun competitions. The 93, 94 season, that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a fun year to follow Mox basketball. You guys averaged or you averaged 20 points a game that year team went 23 and seven Terrell Owens was on that team. Have you got a, a good TO story or a TO memory you can share with us? Well, I mean, the only thing that, uh, that I could probably share is just, it, it wasn't the same TO that I recognize on the NFL Monday night football. <laughs> he was a very quiet, uh, meek individual. Didn't, didn't say much, uh, just, you know, came out and, and worked hard and, and, you know, probably, you know, a little bit smaller compared to some of the bigger guys on our team. So he always, you know, it was always an issue. Just, you know, size is a big deal in, in basketball. And he's trying to play a, an inside position, which was which was tough because you're going against guys like Roger Smith, who were 6'10". So just a different person than I, than I remember once he got to the NFL. I mean, his, I guess his, uh, you know, the outgoing uh, personality that he kind of became the Deion Sanders of the, uh, once Deion Sanders checked out and Terrell took his place, but he was not the same person in, in college. He was a very quiet, meek person, but you know, good dude. always, always liked Terrell. Tell us about playing against the fab five. You played well in that game at Michigan, 18 points. What do you remember about, uh, about playing that Michigan team? Uh, just, just a great environment. Um, Michigan, it was, um, it was actually the, the fab four, um, the Weber had gone. So the fab five had dropped out. Weber had already, uh, had left for the NBA, but they were still a very good basketball team. Uh, we kept it close. And I mean, towards the end of the game, um, I think it ended up being a, maybe a 12 or 13 point game, but we were one play away with like two minutes to go of going, you know, tying the ball game up ball hits the referee and bounces in bounds. They go down and get a three point play to go up by five or six. So, which made it a, a tough, tough ending to the game, but just, just a great environment. Their fans were great. A lot of my family was from Battle Creek, Michigan. So they were able to come to the game. So just, you know, it's nice playing a, a good team in a good environment. You got a good coach Mac story you can share. Oh, uh, right offhand, probably, probably. I just, I mean, just the, just getting in people's face. It didn't matter who you were. If you're the, the, the best player on the team or the worst player on the team, you're, you're a threat to get, get dogged out in practice, but that's just, that's Mac. Uh, but no, Mac, Mac did a, he did an incredible job and, and obviously, you know, put, you know, recruited decent players and everybody, you know, meshed real well, uh, the, the teams he put together. So just, uh, you know, he just, he was a solid coach and, and obviously was very successful in, in, in the program. That Southern conference tournament in 94. Now, take us through this because you guys had to go to overtime that year to beat Georgia Southern. Um, then you had a one point win against Davidson in the championship game. I have, and I don't know, I don't think you guys would have beat Kansas. Okay. But I've always felt like that game, you guys matched up better with Kansas maybe and that game maybe could have been closer, but I just felt like you guys expended so much to get out of the Southern conference that, maybe you ended up with an empty tank by the time you got to Kansas. Is that, how did you see it? I'm, pro I'm probably a little bit. I mean, Kansas was a, uh, that half the year they were ranked number one in the country. So we felt like we got a bad draw in the, in the, uh, when they broke the brackets down. Um, but you know, they didn't lend a lot of credit to the Southern conference for their, you know, the, 
like they do with the small conferences. Um, so we felt like we could have been a higher seed instead of, you know, getting the 15th seed. So drawing Kansas was a tough, uh, tough draw. Um, as far as the Southern Conference, um, I mean, that whole that whole year was a battle. I think in the paper every other week we were called the cardiac kids because we were always coming from behind or winning by, you know, one or two buckets. So everything was close throughout the year. And, you know, maybe that just, you know, weighed on us, in, especially in the tournament, going to the overtime and the, and battling, you know, like we did just to just to win the conference, uh, beating a good Georgia Southern team, a good Davidson team and coming back from it was uh, Furman. Uh, I think we were 15 or 16 points down with like 10 or 11 minutes to go and win the game. So it was like that seemed to be like that all year, but we just had a, we just had a knack for, you know, coming back and, and, and making competitive and, and coming out on top on most of the time. So. Is there a game from your time that stands out the most to you? I mean, t- probably the talking about it, probably the, uh, the uh, Furman game, just the, the comeback, the first round. I mean, I've got tons of family in town in Asheville, you know, came up for the whole weekend, already booked their hotels and we're down, you know, 15, I think it was 16 points with 11 minutes to go in the game. So everybody's like, Oh, so I guess we're just going to hang out in Nashville the rest of the week. You know, it was kind of over and somehow made a comeback and Which was uh, which was incredible, you know. Coming back to win that game was probably one of the highlights. Just because, I mean, our pole season was going to be over in the uh, in the first round of the of the tournament. Forty three consecutive free throws made. Um, that's a pretty crazy record. Tell me the secret to to being a good free throw shooter. I mean, I think honestly, I mean, it, obviously, it's uh, you know just repetition, practice. Um, over the years, I, I, I started that sophomore in high school, just doing what, what they, it was a Steve offer drill. They'd put out a drill back uh, when he was at right outside of, right when he was getting out of Indiana of, of his drills that, you know, that he would work on in practice. And it would always end with, you know, 10 free throws each time you shot, you know, 10 shots. So just going to the foul line, getting used to it, the repetition, uh, having the confidence uh, I shot, I think 90% in high school, I made 60 in a row, uh, in different games. Um, I had almost the record, I think was 67 for the state of Tennessee in high school, but missed on the 61st shot against Cleveland, our crosstown rival. (laughs) But, uh, just, I mean, just gaining confidence over the years and and having just the, I mean, that's where I figured a lot, uh, real early in the game that free throws are the best place for me to score because nobody's going to be guarding me. So (laughs) I try to get the free throw as much as I could. Tell us what you've been up to since you left UTC. Well, I, I moved to Florida 10 years, um, lived down there, had a cell phone company. Uh, recently, about seven years ago, moved back, um, opened up uh, with a buddy of mine, Platinum Bonding, which is a uh, bonding company downtown Chattanooga. So just kind of seeing a lot of the the old fans who are judges and attorneys and, and things like that in this business. Um, married with, uh, with two kids. One's at, uh, she's a freshman at UT now, um, a daughter, and then, uh, a son that's 11 that I'm coaching in basketball. 
you got a nephew playing football. Did you, what kind of conversations did you and, and Cole have looked, I mean, you guys have a, it's an athletic family. He's not the first one that's gotten the chance to go on and, and, uh, participate in athletics at the next level. But uh, did you offer up any, any suggestions or, or information to him as he was trying to make his decision? I mean, I, I would send when he first, you know, came, came to UTC, I would send him a little text about, you know, big games, you know, saying I never lost to certain teams when he was, when he's playing them. So I said, so don't embarrass the name, um, you know, just little jokes like that. But, you know, Cole's always, he's just been a, you know, a, a gamer, uh, great competitor. I mean, they're the whole family, my brother's uh, daughter who played at Florida and, and the, uh, Cole's brother, Bryce, who played at Lee, just outstanding athletes and, and just real competitors. Cole's got that same, same attitude, um, had a little bit of a misstep, just, you know, realizing you got to do what you got to do to, to be eligible. And, and I'm, I'm just, I'm really proud of him just making it back, you know, from, you know, basically getting kicked out of school and, and come back to school and, and work your way back and was on the Dean's list. So I'm just real proud of him. He kind of, kind of grown up a little bit. Um, I guess it's harder for the baby. Sometimes they get babied. So that's why he probably had some issues <laughs> battling in the beginning, but just, uh, I, I mean, I'm just really proud of him. I mean, you don't see that a lot. A kid leave the same school that he gets kicked out of one school and comes back to that same school, you know, a year or two years later. So that's, uh, that's really a great story. If just him being back there period. So. Cole was a pretty good basketball player in high school. Did you play football? I did. Yeah. I played, uh, played for Bradley high school, played, uh, receiver my sophomore and junior year and, and quarterback my senior year and some defense. So yeah, I was, I was kind of a multi-sport athlete as well. Chad, man, I appreciate the time. I hope we get a chance. Maybe we can catch up again at a game sometime this, uh, I, I guess this winter we're, we're going to have some basketball. So I look forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks to Chad for giving us some time. Chad's nephew is Cole Copeland, and he's ready to set some records at UTC, too. Only this Copeland excels on the football field. We'll visit with Cole Copeland now on Mox on the Mic. So we had your Uncle Chad on uh, earlier, and I know you come from a really athletic family. Was there ever a point in time when sports wasn't a part of life for you growing up? Uh no, no, it, no, not necessarily until uh, until recently when obviously I left the program for that year and I went to California and I was planning on playing football and then my brother-in-law got traded and uh, that's uh, that season. So I was there. So therefore I couldn't play sports for, I guess it was probably six months roughly. And that was the only time in my life that I've never, that I haven't been around football or basketball or any sports really. So it was a weird time and it uh, really made me appreciate sports a lot more for sure. I remember seeing you play basketball in high school and you were a really a good basketball player. Uh, your brother was, was tremendous as well. Did you ever consider basketball in college or did you always know you, you wanted to play football? Uh, maybe a thought here and there, but I always knew that I love football and and football was definitely the sport I wanted to do, but I definitely considered it with uh, Belmont and a couple scores like schools like that. But other than that, no, it was always football for me. All right, so I got to ask, uh, Cleveland Bradley's coming up in a, in a few weeks. How much fun was it to play in that rivalry? Uh, rivalry is unbelievable for sure. They're, uh, in high school sports, there's nothing like Cleveland Bradley, in my opinion. 
You got a favorite memory from uh, your time in high school playing in that rivalry? Uh, I can't really necessarily pick one. It's just kind of all of them kind of run together. It's just so fun. There's so many memories. It's hard to pick from one. But uh, just being being involved in that rivalry is just something special, especially when your family's been involved. And there's a lot more weight involved into it once you kind of watch your brother play and what he did his freshman year and the last person to beat Bradley before Bryce his freshman year and the team Bradley, obviously not just Bryce, but uh, was Michael Chad and uh, I guess 88 around there. So roughly a 20 year drought. So, but they didn't play when Michael Brent was there. So I guess we can't really <laughs> not trying to call him out and saying he got beat, but they went to get the robbery. I think got so heated that they actually couldn't play. Yeah. A good amount of years. So, but you know. to see that, to witness that is, uh, I can't really put into words what, what that rivalry means to me and, and my family. All right. I, I got to ask the question. I got to ask the tough question because everybody wants to know, are you the starting quarterback against Western Kentucky? <laughs> we, uh, we actually just started camp, uh, three days ago. So and we have a dude, Drayton Arnold, unbelievable dude, un- unbelievable competitor. So, uh, me and him are going to battle it out and whatever happens, happens. When you were a freshman here, you kind of got thrown into the fire early on in that season. Was there ever a moment for you when you realized, man, I can do this. I can, I can not only can I play at this level, I can excel at this level. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, towards probably the second or third game, I started to realize that I could do this and it started slowing down a little bit and I wish we would have had more games, obviously, once you start kind of figuring it out, you know, because the way I went in, it was kind of towards the end of the season, so, or mid-season, and then you could take a little bit to get figured out, so, obviously, I wish there was a couple more games to kind of keep and continue to build on it, but, obviously, I turned the ball over way more than I should have my freshman year, and, uh, obviously, that's inexcusable no matter what age or what you're doing, so, but definitely, I feel like I could definitely play and it was nice to get that under my belt before before everything transpired, for sure. You're in a new offense now uh, than, than what you played in as a freshman. How does it compare? Uh, our offense when we first uh, – with Coach Arth and Coach Scotty was very uh, – a lot of verbiage, very hard to learn. You had to do a lot of studying. And this one, you kind of – you can just play a little bit more and – Obviously, I was in the spread uh, in high school, too, so maybe that – I mean, I feel a little bit more comfortable just coming from that as well, kind of spread it out and see what happens with this offense. Coach Pizzo knows what he's doing. He knows how to dice it up a little bit, and it's going to be exciting for sure. Cole, you clearly showed, I think, when you were a freshman, you you were set up to to do well and, and I think excel in that that offense. But having watched you play in high school and, and being familiar with your game and and seeing you play as a freshman here, knowing what I know about what this offense looks like, do you feel like this fits your skill set maybe a little better now? I think it does, definitely. And obviously, if I had more time with that offense, but I was only around that offense one in the second year. Obviously, I was not eligible, so I, it was more practice. So seeing it in practice, obviously, when you're just giving a scout look is different. But uh, – I think so, definitely, because high school set me up. And Coach Freeman, Coach Floyd down at Bradley Central did an excellent job teaching me that type of offense. And then Coach Pizzo, obviously, is taking it to the next level for sure. So I'm excited about it, and I can't wait to 
to put it all together. I think everybody from, from fans to the media to, you know, seems like everybody's got an opinion about spring football. How do you feel about it? Uh, it's just hard because you never really, it's just, you never really seen it besides, I'm sure you've seen it with a couple of leagues, maybe CFL or somebody's done it. I'm not really sure about all that, but I think it's just a tough turnaround to play in the spring and the fall, but obviously I'm down to play whenever. And I think this team's down to play whenever. So whenever they want us to play, we'll play And one game, six games, 10 games, doesn't matter. We're excited about it. Is it tough, the idea of playing just one game this fall? I mean, look, you, you've been involved in, in football since, since you were a kid, and, and now you've gone from a, a normal, what I would could call a, a normal fall, where you know in high school you were going to play 10 games and, and the playoffs, and at, at Chattanooga you were you know, going to play 12, and, and then you know, the playoffs. To only have one game, I mean, how strange is this uh, as, as you sit and look at this season right now? Uh, it's definitely different for sure, but I'm just excited to be around football again and being around the guys. And I mean, no words can really amount to how much I miss the dudes uh, in my time off away. So just being back around them and because our defense, our secondary, our front, our front seven is, uh, is pretty special. So uh, just seeing them and playing against them every day, it's, uh, it's definitely exciting. No matter how many games we have, but, just being around the game again is really exciting. Does it change your approach to the season knowing, you know, everything's kind of riding on, on one game now? Uh, I mean, not necessarily. I think, uh, I think we're just going to prepare the same way as we always would. Obviously we, uh, it is weird being more in like a camp type vibe right now in this time of the year, because obviously it'd be a game week and you're going helmets on Monday and it's a little bit less, little bit more laid back and more you're just preparing for that one team and not even beginning to prepare yet and just practicing against our defense in a fall camp Bob is uh it's definitely different but it is what it is you you, you mentioned the defense a second ago I've been saying all summer that I I wanted Chattanooga to play this year because I think that defense has a chance to be just downright salty uh with the guys that are there I don't know how much have you been able to go against those guys yet in practice. We uh we've started cranking it up this uh, starting yesterday, so uh, it's definitely they they move around. They uh they're fast. The defensive line's big. I mean, strong, physical. I mean, it's every. I think they uh they don't really have many weak spots for sure, and it's uh it's good to see that in practice because once you get to the games, obviously, when you're going against a defense like that, it kind of slows down, which is definitely cool. Tell me about this receiving core you've got. We, we know about Bryce and, and what he can do, but a little bit about uh, some of those other guys you're throwing the ball to right now. Yeah, we've got we've got a lot of weapons as well. Obviously, Lamb at running back, so and TP. I mean, we've got dudes, and it's just our job, Drayden and I, to just get in the ball and get them ball in space and get them the ball often and early and just see what they can do with it. Oh, appreciate it, man. Great stuff. Best of luck to you, and uh, I hope we get a chance to do this again. No, definitely. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Good luck to you. All right. Thank you. I'll see y'all soon. 
Thanks to both Chad and Cole, and good luck to Mox Football. We're going to talk a lot more about that Western Kentucky game as it gets closer. Thanks to our producer, Tate Johnson, for putting this all together, and thank you for joining us on Mox on the Mic. Until next time, so long, and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.